Welcome to the Under Gallery. This is where we keep all podcast episodes deemed too dangerous for public consumption. This floor is covered in data. Uh, is that important? Well, in 50 odd years I've never squashed anything with my size 12s that wasn't. Or you? Are you sciencey? Uh, me? Uh, well, um, yes. Got a name? Uh, two, if not more. Good. Good. I've always wanted to meet someone called Two. If they weren't called more. Now, I want this data analysed and I want to report in triplicate with lots of graphs and diagrams and complicated sums on my desk, ASAP, pronto. Do I have a desk? Uh, no. And I want a desk. Get a team. Analyse the bits. Uh, and some of the bytes. Does anyone else want this? No? Good. I'll eat it. Someday you could just walk past a fat rascal. Never going to happen. Here we are. As you instructed... Nothing has been touched. This is why we called you in. Interesting. The broken glass? No, where it's broken from. Look at the shatter pattern. The glass on all these smartphones has been broken from the inside. As you can see, all the um, the media apps are empty. No podcasts of any kind. So? There used to be. Something's got out of these smartphones. Lots of somethings. Dangerous. This whole place has been searched. There's nothing here that shouldn't be, and nothing's gone any further. I've finished that analysis. The the data. It's audio fragments. A lot of different sounds, but none of it's ambient. It's like somebody's shredded the sound of our voices. Why would anyone want to do that? I mean, I know we're meant to keep an open mind, but are we supposed to believe in podcasts that can hide in smartphones and, and have some sort of a grudge against us? You all right? We we have to go. Right now. This minute. What's wrong? The podcast from the smartphones. I know what they were doing with our voice data. What? They're going to copy our voices and take over something who... Wait a minute. Do you mean that if we just stop fighting them, they'll make our podcast for us? Well, that's a thought. They might even be good at it. Hmm. Are you thinking what I think you're thinking? Got to be worth a try. Hello and welcome to the second part of our Something Who anniversary special. And after the Three Doctors and the Five Doctors last time, this time we're dipping into the new series, and we're going to be looking at the Night of the Doctor and the Day of the Doctor. Uh, And the people I'm looking into it with are Giles. Hello. And Paul. Hello. So, I mean, super to have you back uh, again, literally less than two weeks from the last time. Yeah, it's something of a record. Yes, I agree. I concur entirely. <laughs> the... Yes, uh, our, our banter is in top, top form, isn't it? In <laughs> so, Night of the Doctor. So, where were you when you first came across this piece? Ah. Giles? You had it spoiled for you by the BBC themselves. No, I didn't. No? I think it popped up on Gallifrey Base. Suddenly was alive with chatter about it. I think, unfortunately, I did somehow pick up, yeah, that it was probably McGann. 
I don't yeah. think I don't think I leapt into it with a. I don't think I got it spoiled by as many people did by by actually going to the website and yeah having it right in front of them. <laughs> I can't entirely remember now. I know I was at work because they did it during the day, which I believe was some sort of last-minute panic, wasn't it? Because it was going to be leaked. Oh, was it? So then, oh, okay. Yes, then they took control of the situation by releasing it on their own time scale, right? And then and then leaking it themselves <laughs> in news reports minutes later. Classic, no, I, classic I BBC marketing. I'm fairly sure by the time I saw it, I knew it was McGann because I'd foolishly read something, probably on Gallifrey Base. I did a very good deed that day. I um, emailed once I'd watched it and enjoyed it, and realised that the news was out and about everywhere. I emailed a friend, good friend of mine, and told him I sent him the link. The direct link to it, and said, "Watch this now before," because <laughs> I know he logs onto the evening, mm. the uh, internet of an mm. evening. I said, "Watch this first before you do anything else on the internet," mm. and it works. It may- meant he had a wonderful surprise. Yeah, and um, he's forever in my debt now. Mm. <laughs> Six years on, he still hasn't repaid yeah. me. I'm trying to think who it was. Some um, someone of my acquaintance. I think it might have been Stuart, my old only connect teammate, or someone like that. But he claims bonus points with his other half by. By having clicked the screen while putting his hand over the bit that gave away <laughs> that it was Paul McGann, <laughs> so she was so she was able to watch it unspoiled. I can't remember now because it's so long ago. Whether there were any rumours that it was McGann, whether you know genuine leaks had occurred on the forums or anything, can anyone remember? Remember? I, I'm so unconnected that I would never come across that. But I did. Um, come across somebody saying, "Oh, look, there's this new thing with McGann in it." So, <laughs> so that kind of spoils it in a way. But then, I, I don't know. I is, mean, to some extent, y- you know, yes. So there would have been a visceral thrill, I suppose, of suddenly discovering that it was McGann, or mm-hmm. well, McGann was in something. But I wasn't wasn't never aware that it was even anything coming. So it wasn't like, oh, this right. thing that I knew that was coming as, you know, the surprise that McGann's in it has been spoiled. It was like I didn't know anything was coming. And then, so then I learned that something with, was coming with McGann in it, and then I watched it, and it was quite good. So I was that was okay, I think. Yeah, mm. it spoils it itself one minute yeah, in, doesn't indeed. it? Probably mm. about a minute into a six-minute <laughs> story. So mm. Well, there not... were yes, I, I seem to remember there were rumours, but then it was a it was a wild, wild time, and I think people were there were all sorts of speculations Goodness. about what what the other doctors would be involved in. And is this around the time with the McGann, the elephant sitting on the TARDIS room, or... Oh, God. And do you remember that one? I think it might have been a year or two later. I have a feeling it was the Doctor's trainers who generally tend to be quite a good... It was, wasn't it? Anyway, let's get, let's get back yeah. on to the subject of these wonderful six minutes, because the surprise, that initial surprise for one minute, the first time you watch mm. it, is by far the least of its pleasures, mm. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a significant big Finnish listener. I mean, significant only in the sense that I listened to a lot of it, not that I was in any way more important than anyone else. Um, and <laughs> so I'd listened to those first two series with McGann in it before the, the new series came back, when it was sort of taking the story forward, when we didn't know that there was going to be anything else. I mean, I, I got swept up in that, definitely. So it was rather nice, I think, that... Uh, when this appeared, it was it was paying some tribute to to Charlie and the other big Finnish companions. Hmm. Mm. It's what a nice bonus that was unique at the time, and I think it remains so. Perhaps it perhaps it always will. There'll never be another opportunity or necessity to um to do that sort of overlap. Well, there I, I wouldn't have thought. Mm. It's that the peculiar circumstance of that gap. Yes. 
that doctor-shaped hole that we have, which meant it was possible and and you, a fun little thing to do for the fans mm. without any adverse side effects. Mm. And he was the absolute perfect age to be coming back at that point. I mean, he, and he was still recognisably the same guy from the TV movie. I mean, you know, clearly almost twenty years older, but but it, but certainly looking much the same, just a little bit older. And he seemed to capture very quickly the performance that, that we might have expected of him. And he yes, did. I yeah, mean, he's... the only problem I have with it is that I want more, mm. which mm. is a nice position to be in. Goodness me, it easily had a whole episode of this. Now, I'm not going to get into... <laughs> yeah, you could have done, couldn't you? Easily. Yeah. Mm. It packs a lot into six minutes. Yes, yeah, well, I mean, McGann is a class a class act. You can rely on him to, to carry it, and so I think the moment he turns up and is in charge, then even if you don't remember him from 90 minutes on screen or 60 minutes or whatever he got in 1997... Mm. Mm. Yeah, you, know, you can buy. You can buy that. Okay, this is the doctor, and he, he carries it off with conviction. The other nice thing from the spoilery point of view is that, of course, from a, again fan service. But um, no sooner have we got the doctor, but um, but they also throw Khan at us as well. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's another yeah, another nice surprise because obviously we revisited that later. So that was a nice nice little thing to throw in there as well. It's very interesting, isn't it? It's a perfect example of using continuity for a specific reason. Mm. Mm. That has a story reason to be there. He needs he needs to not be alone when he regenerates. He needs some outside commentator. Mm. So he can't be literally alone, because then there's no story. He can't be with a companion, because we wouldn't know the companion. So it's um, the uh, sisterhood is a plot device there. Mm. Mm. But, yes, good point. Yeah, they have to be someone who knows him, but... It's been nicely done because it's um, even at this point, however many years into New Who we are, there's still something. It still seems thrillingly old Who, doesn't it? Mm. We mm. don't get that sort of thing in the modern era, chanting, cloaked supernatural people. Mm. That just seems very, twi- very very old school. Yes, but as much as you can in six minutes, brought up to date. What else does it do in six minutes? It. I hope I hope it is six minutes because I keep saying that. Mm. I mean, we also get lots more about the time war. Yeah, mm. and when I say lots more, it seems impossible to give us much more in six minutes. But of course, what we'd had before was just the odd line here and there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. If you can't really count the the end of time because was that Tenth's last story? Because that's not really about the time war, even though it's set on the last day. Mm. It's not about it. So really, the time war up to this point is just a collection of. A few facts and figures, and lots and lots of <laughs> um, names of extraordinary, otherworldly-sounding weapons mm. and events, mm. yes. and situations yeah. that that Russell had invented. And I'll be, you know, we can say more about that under the day of the Doctor, under the main event. But this is Moffat taking what we already know and enlarging on it in interesting, slightly tangential ways. Mm. And just interestingly enough, the director. I was just trying to figure out who. Who directed it? Because of course it wasn't directed by um, Nick Hohen, who did the main the main event. It was John Hayes. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't really made by the main the A team, was it? I no. mean, it was done, I think, on the cheap, mm. without any. That means be critical in any way. It was mm. done by sort of B unit or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, this guy and um, John Hayes has gone on to. He's just done. 
he directed the entire first series of Bancroft, and he's done episodes of Vera and the Dublin Murders, the Sarah Phelps thing that was on recently. So, um, so he's gone on to gone on to bigger things. But it's it's quite nice that, as you say, the fact it's it has got that slightly done on cheap, that studio bound. It does feel, mm. yeah, very nicely like it bridges, like a bridging thing between classic and mm. new, new mean, version of Who. It presumably cost a bit more than all of the other, uh, what do you call them, these sort of five-minute odds mm, and sods. Mini-sodes and uh, things. Yes, yeah. mini-sodes. Mm. Because, if only by virtue of the fact that I think almost every single one of the others takes place just on the TARDIS set, doesn't it? Yeah. So they have spent a bit of money on Yes, or they, or they did things where they but, had, a, they had a, either a supporting cast or whatever that were, that were already it's also around. S- mm. yeah. but it's also similar to the, the ones that already had, and that it concentrates on character rather than... Mm. Than uh, mm-hmm. too much action. Mm. Oh, I just love it. Mm-hmm. I want, <laughs> I want lots more of these. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's perhaps the first time that we've seen somebody recoil in horror from a mention of the Time Lords or from a realization of the Time Lords. Yeah, which mm. is nice. I love that moment, and um, all the more so because it doesn't really isn't really followed up, is it? We'd never had. It fits with what we'd heard before, but we haven't quite seen seen it explained that simply or viscerally. Mm. Yes, and it yeah. isn't, isn't touched on again. Mm. So it's very valuable as yeah. well as very mm. very exciting. Mm. Uh, and that and it makes you feel so sorry for lovely for lovely Eighth Doctor, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. that anybody would react that way to him. <laughs> yes, yes the, the, yeah, the, the, on one of the loveliest of all doctors, eh? Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be as surprising if it was the seventh, or the or the war, mm-hmm. <laughs> the warth, or nine or ten or eleven. You could imagine any of them, eliciting that sort of fear, for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. But not lovely eight. And this wouldn't exist, of course, if the day of the Doctor itself had gone the way that yes. it originally planned. I.e., if it had been Mr. Eccleston mm-hmm. as the third party, we wouldn't really have needed this. But as it is, it's a bookend. Mm. It's um, that must have been a hell of a year for Moffat mm. when you, as we later discovered, how much trouble he ended up in, not having actors, not knowing where he's going or what, which toys he even had to play with. Yes, yeah. But then coming it's... up with salvaging something this mm. elegant out of, out of that sort of desperation, mm. he then managed to tell a complete story in. One eighty-minute episode plus a six-minute prequel and a few odds and sods at Christmas, and it's all completely self-contained. Mm. I mean, it clearly is an example of necessity being the mother of invention, but mm. and it feels uh, as if you know, the 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 original idea wouldn't have been as good. Are we still talking about what are we talking about now? Well, just Day just just or? just in terms of if 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 we if if um, Eccleston had been brought back. Mm. And we had, and we'd never had the War Doctor. Um, well, I'll be getting onto that. Mm. Don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> it's a great, um, yeah. It, it is a great little opportunity that he uses, but it's interesting. Just yeah. Well, I guess again we can talk more about the um, the circumstances of production oh, really? and so on. I mean, as much as to understand just what a remarkable piece of work this is, you just have to compare it to, I don't know, Time Crash. Mm. Which is a bit of fun, a bit of children need fun. Mm. So it's not; it was never intended to be this. It's not a failure on the part of Time Crash, but it is 
less convincing <laughs> as a re-evocation of an earlier mm. Doctor mm. than it's just a bit of flim-flam with in-jokes, metatextual jokes and so on. Whereas this is a real story with weight mm. and pathos and comedy mm. and heartbreaking tragedy in six minutes. Did I mention it was only six minutes long? <laughs> <laughs> so, so is it in the nature, do you think, of the Eighth Doctor to refuse to go back in the TARDIS you know, on, on a sort of point of principle um, when he's decided that he wants to try and talk Kara, is it, down? Mm. That's an interesting one. What is there in a TV movie that uh, that would suggest he's that sort of... He's certainly quite imp- impulsive. Impulsively romantic, mm. noble, mm. principled. Mm. And interesting also, I mean, if you if you were a, 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 a student of the Big Finish thing... He, you know, there was a lot of talk of of love in that between him and Charlie, but it wasn't the romantic love that you get between the Doctor and Rose later on. It was it was more a kind of comradely love, or or sort of it was it was somewhat purer anyway in nature. It was well, certainly on his side, possibly not. <laughs> did you did you get through as far as shirts though? Or s- yes, Rob Sherman's visceral deconstruction of their relationship. Yeah. Bloody hell! Gives me nightmares. I, uh, I I only heard it once, and I, I, I may go me. back to it sometime. Yes, well, it's it's certainly in character with the Eighth Doctor from the TV movie, and I would say with with the Big Finish portrayal of him up to that point. Of course, Big Finish then post um, Night of the Doctor. Have I got this right? They started taking him off into darker territory. Yes. It's possible they'd already done that. Maybe my dates are wrong here. So I think the the stuff with Sheridan Smith prob- possibly predates this, but the the other yeah. ones certainly postdate it. Hmm. I'm thinking Dark Eyes here. I think that postdates, this, but not go, yeah, to, but not go, but not go too deep into this because we'll lose a significant portion <laughs> of our, of our <laughs> relationship. However, if you're part of that p- significant portion of our relationship, go off and listen to some of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's brilliant. Okay, and I they they bring they they bring the Eighth Doctor back again after in the post dark eyes because of course his his lifespan keeps getting extended because mm. it's a difficult position they're in big finish in one way night of the docks did him a favor because it gave them a definite endpoint they know where they're heading now mm. before then but because the options were so limitless mm. it was difficult to set, pick a course and settle on it mm. and i think to be honest i think they were in danger of settling on a much darker direction for the eighth doctor which which you not would have would not have been able to come back from but because the night of the doctor demonstrated that he was still essentially the same man yes if rather worn down by his end that gave them some a way of avoiding going too far mm. so when they finally join it up join the two together i hope it tells a nice coherent story i think it will mm. so interesting also that they choose to regenerate into the the sort of young version of john hurt rather than the one that we we see in the rest of it Indicating, I guess, quite a long lifespan for the War Doctor. Yeah, I think that's probably to the benefit both of the the type of the way he wanted to characterise him in Day of the Doctor, and also to give some weight to the Time War itself. Hmm. Because, of course, if you think about it literally, logically, we've never seen a Doctor age that much. We've seen Doctors who ostensibly lived for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't appear to have aged at all. No. So you can, uh, I kind of spoil that by by him <laughs> by making it clear that he ha- is 
less than it has only been a few hundred years for him not thousands but if you ignore the the numbers which we probably should mm. Mm. otherwise it drives you mad you could believe that he was trapped in his bloody war for well if it's an, a, if it's a time war it could mm. it could feel to somebody yeah. longer than its ostensible length i think it's supposed to suggest something of that ilk mm. Mm. that's true do we have anything else we never really got a version of the Time War on screen which was much about time. True. No, no. Which no, suggests mm. what sort of a f- ripple effects endless rewriting mm. of events, personal histories and and universal histories mm. might have. It almost feels like that would be a perfect Moffaty thing for him to have done. but, but uh, mm. Well, it is interesting, isn't it? Because he drew back from that and just concentrated on the characters in the end. As we'll see mm. when mm. we move on. But it's, yes, yeah, certainly I made a note of that for for um, on my notes for Day of the Doctor. I sort of said, oh, so this is what a time war looks like, is it? Because with regard to the... Well, should we talk about this now? Because, I mean... And... Because not everybody liked the way it was depicted. Mm. But I think the, a lot of people, well, some people, thought that it was suggesting that the time war was just laser guns and spaceships. Mm. Mm. And two sides firing at each other across the trenches, the sky trenches, mm. as um, as they say in the in the day of the doctor. But this is just the last day. Yes, indeed. Mm. This is what it's. They've tried all their clever tricks. Mm. This is what it's over coming down to. Over millennia, and there's nothing left. They're equally matched on that score. So in the end, it does just they do just resort back to type. It's like a I think, is what, he's, I think <laughs> is what he's saying because anybody, any critic who is saying that. Moffat showed it that way because he isn't clever enough to imagine a timey-wimey version of Time War. I think <laughs> hasn't been no, <laughs> hasn't this is paying attention. Enough. Yes, I think he probably the danger is that he would, if he'd gone for it full pelt, yeah. gone and dived into the full implications of a Time War, it would have been completely impenetrable to anybody. Mm. If when you, yeah, when you consider what he did with otherwise much simpler premises. Yeah. Yes, I think I'm rather happy with the that the that side at least of the Time War has remained. The Venus of the old series, where it touches on things that can be seen as some of the opening skirmishes, obviously in Genesis and hmm. yeah. Remembrance. And, um, Absolutely. Yep. Nice bit of retconning yes, yeah. from Russell there. Mm. Yeah, because if you imagine the, the end of um, Series 6, where all time is happening at the same time or something like that mm. in, in, in that last episode of the series, I mean, that... I find that utterly impenetrable. That's that for me. That's Moffat's is worse. Whereas this, this pair of stories is is much more you know e- easy to digest and 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 mm. enjoyable as a result. It's not that it, yeah. It's, it's it's always tricky with with his box of tricks, as it were. I think it, it one it suffers from a bit of a law of diminishing returns. But on the other hand, he can still he can produce that kind of high concept story and. Knock it out of the park, still mm. right through to you know, right through the Capaldi era, and you know, and there are there are individual ones that are, you think that is that is great. It's just you start to yeah, his box of tricks starts to weary you mm. somewhat, and I think so. It's it's nice to actually see him do this is some of the some of the stuff that comes as close to straightforward storytelling really in these these two episodes and. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Compared to the stories that bookend these two on either side, which um, sure. which are absolutely, I would put those down as yeah, those would be down at the 
bottom of my list of Moffat stuff, really. Name and um, time. Christmas, Christmas of the Doctor. What is it? Time. Yes. Mm. And um, <laughs> but uh, yes, and I appreciate again, again circumstances forcing things that weren't planned at the time. But um, but it's nice that they drew back, and for this, you know, it was the biggest night, and they knew they had a job to do, and it had to be an absolute mm. crowd pleaser for a big, big audience. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad. Yeah, those kind of entertaining instincts and. Let's not make it too complicated while having some nice touches took over. Sure. Well, let's let's take that opportunity then to step forward and start um, talking clearly about Day of the Doctor. So it's it's what now over six years since it was shown. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I have to. I think I probably watched it two or three times when it came out. I don't think I've seen it since. 2013 so it was it was nice for me to go back and, and revisit it and, and remember what yeah, it was likewise yeah. where did you see it Richard um, I think at home I think I oh, uh, old school yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not convinced that I watched it as it went out I think I probably might be an hour or two afterwards probably recorded it and then watched it when I was ready but yeah um, I think on the anniversary itself um, and you Giles um, were you but were you by any chance in a room with 3,000 other fans? Uh, not with 3,000, no. Oh, oh, was that just me? So? Were you next door? Uh, possibly. I was, I, was right. in, I was in a pub with a couple of hundred other, with a couple of hundred other fans next yeah. to... Um, next to the Excel Centre. Next Center to the Excel Centre, yes. The big I, I was at Jeremy's was too. Yeah. Yeah. Were you in the... Were you in the um, I was, yes. We both, we both went to the big 50th anniversary convention on the Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I ha- yes, I had been invited to Jeremy's do next door, but to be honest, I like the thought of seeing it with three thousand other people. Yes, so that's what I yes, did. yeah. The pub was quite busy. We yeah, popped around to the pub afterwards. Yeah, we had so a good chat, didn't we? Yes, yeah. It was one of those. It was one of those things where I think because they they only announced the cinema screenings relatively late in the day. Yes, yeah, that rather so. undercut Jeremy's plans, mm, didn't it? Yes, that's but. his big selling point. Mm. Vanished. And it's probably a good point to mention just how cinematic it is because. Mm. Did you see it I in 3D? I didn't. Oh uh, no, mm. no, because it wasn't. No, they didn't have three thousand pairs of <laughs> 3D glasses. <laughs> I didn't see it in a real cinema, but mm. it was a big enough screen that. Yes. Um, and, also, and being with the audience, I know that it worked. Mm. The other reason why it worked is because by comparison with Deep Breath, the Capaldi intro story which mm. they also put in cinemas mm. because this was such a success they tried it again with an episode that hadn't been written or filmed for that purpose mm. and it didn't work mm. and that was just a bit embarrassing mm. being in Leicester Square watching watching just an ordinary episode of Doctor Who mm. which people had paid 17 quid for but no back to positivity I do think this is one of the best looking Doctor Who stories ever yeah, yeah. I know there are moments in other stories that look as to approach these heights, but I think it's consistently cinematic mm. in mm. Oh, definitely, it's directed with in the, the right sort of ways. Yes, it might not have those special lenses and widescreen <laughs> um, filters that the last series allegedly had, but I th- yes, I can't tell the it difference. Has a, it has everything else you need. Indeed. What? Sorry. I see. I can't tell the difference with these so-called filters and effects. It well, I know it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> But the edi- the editing is very cinematic. I, mean, I must. I think that's the yes, the editing mm. more than anything. Yeah. I, I must. 
I'm now going to have to say that uh, I did make a note that that was actually slightly somewhat getting on my nerves um, watching it back for this. I found it. I found it slightly, uh, slightly ha- um, hitting you on the head with a with a bag of bag of sand. It was, it was slightly, you know, got on my nerves that all the sort of visual ticks in that in that right. regard, all the little out of focus, blurry <laughs> things and mini flashbacks and. But uh, but they went away eventually. Well, it's only it's only really the first first half hour or so. That's I think there. he's doing it to help tell the story rather than just to show off. Otherwise, which is mm. oh yeah, I kind which of, is why they disappear. Yes, they. I kind of yeah, I, I kind of appreciate that, but uh, don't know. It's, maybe it's slightly too out of out of my comfort zone for like what what I'm used to in Dot Two direction. Hmm. But then it's the kind of thing that gets on my nose in other. Would you have preferred Chris Clough? <laughs> <laughs> no. Would you, would should... you have preferred mm. and in my, Mervyn in my... Pinfield? Mm. No, I don't know why I said Mervyn Pinfield. I just like the name. Yeah. But actually, he was a rather good director, yeah. so I'd, I'd take that yeah. back. Yeah. Uh, and in my defence, I should say that's the kind of thing that also somewhat gets on my nose in in any drama. That sort of um, right. Let's just do a quick jump shot, like have a quick flashy. I mean, here's, here's some mixed up images for two seconds and then back to the action. Had we had any Sherlock by this point? Because, because that's something that somebody brought was very keen to bring into Sherlock to, to make it seem modern and mm. exciting. Yes. All the timelines are all over the place. I, th- I, I, I think it must have been because we had that long gap mm. in season seven. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, we'd had. Of course. Which was not connected to Sherlock in any Absolutely way. Not. I think Sherlock started at the start of the 2011, didn't it? it sounds Maybe. about right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that when it when it finally made it to air. Hmm. Is this the first time that we see Clara at Coalhill School? Is, yes. Is her, her, it is. Yes. her latest job. Hmm. Which I I don't know if is presumably just a one-off um, gag for the anniversary yes. at this point, and then having done it, he makes it a plot point hmm. in the next series. Yeah, I guess we're <laughs> going to come on to... I don't know. So was Bill Russell ever... Was this... Was I there... think... Oh, I'm sure I've read at some point mm. that he was supposed to have a cameo and was ill or something mm. and couldn't make it down there, mm. which is a shame. Yeah, mm. great shame. Yes, because there's a slightly pointless character in there, isn't there, that, that she's talking to for about 30 seconds. The one that just is the messenger boy. So, yes. Yeah. The one that looks like a young Peter Serafinovich, mm. or is that just me? <laughs> I don't mean that I look like a young Peter. <laughs> I didn't notice. Well, yes. good. That's something for you to go back and mm. check. Uh, yeah. Do, well, do you think that's supposed to be Ian Chesterton, Sir Ian Chesterton, head of the parents' teacher, yeah, no, the, well, the governor's mm. association? <laughs> Possibly. Hey, I would, I would have taken what I could get. Yes. But mm. as it is, he's on a sign. Mm. Yes, that's true. But not Barbara. She doesn't get a position. No, that's a shocker, really. That's um, sexist. Mm. Everyday sexism. Yeah. So yes, presumably just there to be one of a couple of references back to the first story, the first team. Mm. The second being just a photograph. I say just a photograph. It's better than not a photograph at all, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Later on in the Black Archive. Yes. Yes, and we we get... um, I am foreman as well. Oddly, oddly on the <laughs> well, side the of the school. 
policeman shot and everything, tracking shot and everything. It's, yeah. yeah. No, I mean... He must have moved. They're, they're quick, but they're not perfunctory. They're done with care. And the fact that they're there at all is the point, mm. isn't it? Because they don't have to be. Mm. And it's when they're not there that you think, well, why couldn't you have put in a few more... Would it have killed you to put in a few more touches to mark the anniversary, a few things, a few more things for the fans? Mm. And on this occasion, we don't have to say that because Mr. Moffat is one of us. Mm. So I guess the balance just right between telling a story that is <laughs> clear and accessible and yet deviously fanish. Mm. Well, I, th- I think given the um, given the way that's. Doctor Who in its later years gleefully trampled all over Coal Hill, um, <laughs> <laughs> Coal Hill and Tossers Lane and various, yeah, they both various became... anyway. It would be very difficult to go back and do anything that focused more on it other than, other than let's just put it in as a nod and a wink. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's about the right level for what you'd expect. Although yes, although Clara's sudden um, conversion to teacher is you know, the first of her. First, is this the first of her several career jumps? Well, she's already been childminder, hasn't some she? Random, yes, random changes. Yeah, I think rewrites yeah, the character because, and her motivation. And, um, well, because of the childminder thing, I think it's less mm. jolting than it would be otherwise. Mm. But uh, it is the first sign that he she's fulfilled her initial narrative function, and he doesn't really know what to do with her next. Mm. Because apart from one brief allusion to her having seen the other Doctors. The whole initial Clara mystery, Impossible Girl, there have been millions of her mm. throughout the Doctor's time, that's never referred to ever again, is it? No, no. indeed. Even, and you might have thought that could have been a part of the plot here. Mm. Mm. It's interesting, possibly deliberate, I don't know, or more likely, considering what Mr Moffat said about um, the rushed circumstances of writing this. But, I mean, that could easily have been part of, the, part of this plot. She, she saves the day just by being Clara, just by being empathetic, mm. clever, thoughtful, kind Clara. She doesn't use any of her timey wimeyness mm. or her inherent magic mm. gimmick, which is interesting because you know, I mean, another writer might easily have had a use some of her knowledge from having lived through the whole of the Doctor's time stream to. But perhaps that's some, more on message. Some contribution that nobody else could have done. Mm. Yeah, maybe that's more on message for Doctor Who, though, which is about the fact that yeah. ordinary people can kind of rise above. Yeah, mm. especially in a new series where the, the plucky human companion is the one that keeps him down, mm. brings him down mm. to earth and keeps him a good man. Yeah. So I suppose that's a more important message than having her being a, a walking MacGuffin, mm. well, which gets transferred to Billy Piper, doesn't it? Mm. In a yes. sense. Although, Quite elegantly, I think. Which very elegantly, because we don't have to ruin Rose's character mm. here. We just get get a nice visual callback for for the viewers without. Yeah, I mean, so, so although I'm going to say with with that, Billy Piper couldn't look less like Rose if she tried. I mean, it, it, th- th- there's a line in it that sort of says, "Oh, you know, you've taken on the likeness of Rose," but. You know, for me, hippie. We're, we're only talking in a hippie phase. You know, we're only <laughs> talking six years since since she left the first time, and what four, uh, three, a few years anyway, five years since since the second time, and yet she seems to be almost unrecognisable. Hmm. Really? Just to, I was wondering if you were going to say that to my eye, anyway. You you mean Billy Piper physically, not just the way they dressed her? 
the the accent. You think she's changed that much? I, 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 I mean, I was quite happy watching Billy Piper do her thing, but it ju- just didn't in any way suggest Rose to me what, at, at all. I mean, it, there are these allusions to Bad Wolf, of course. Yes, which that's true. That's is true. very which Moffat can write without any worry whatsoever about making it tie in because it never made any sense the first no. time round. Mm. But when in those scenes at the end of Parting the Ways, yeah. when Rose is the Bad Wolf. Is she speaking? Is she posh Rose then as well? I mean, is this voice something completely new? Billy Piper being Billy Piper. Well, it's certainly her third act, rather than doing in in three sets of performances. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she does. She is. She isn't that dissimilar from the Bad Wolf. But I mean, I don't think there's meant to be any great. I know, I'm not sure whether unless I've missed something. I don't think there's meant to be any great connection to no to her other than, t- other than perhaps the. the the MacGuffin, the moment is picking up mm. on, you know, is picking up on something that's rippling back through the Doctor's history, and I just use another account of Richard's uh, grumbling <laughs> that she's nothing <laughs> like that Rose remember I've because no problem with that I think all. I still think she looks like Billy Piper, and if she if the voice isn't even completely unique because people remember it from the end of Parting of the Ways, mm. then I, I really don't know what he's talking about. Do you? I, I, <laughs> I just I just don't have a um I just don't have an issue. I think with it. I, I think, it, I think she is. Different. I don't think she's physically that different. But on the other hand, she has. You know, she had changed, and she. You know, we know she changed because obviously it does rather great when she tries to recreate Rose at yes. the end of at yeah. the end of season four. Yeah. If you want to have a, if you want to um, moan about Billy Piper, Richard, let, we'll, let's all just have a go at um, the season four version mm-hmm. when she's trying in some teeth for somebody else. <laughs> Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I think in some ways I'm. I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad yeah. that they left. They left Rose off where, yeah, off, yes. you know, they left Rose, but thought, oh, this is a clever way of getting back mm. Billy Piper and and doing a bit of a callback, and you know, and again, obviously, it's her success being one of the biggest things from the mm. from the new series. It was understandable they wanted her involved, yep. but um, and it, it's a clever way of doing it, I think. To look at it thematically, it's the first of the important ways in which this story differs from the previous anniversary yes, special. Yeah, there are many ways in which it's similar, which I assume we're mm. going to come on mm. to, because that's a very easy way to pass the time <laughs> talking about. But uh, the ways in which it's different are necessitated by the fact that this is not 10 or 20 years on, it's mm. 50, and there are so many more characters that would need to be five. Mm. To do something of the same structure as yeah. the five Doctors, it would need to be five hours long. Mm. You can't do that, so you're really just picking the greatest hits now. Mm. And even then, I may bore you with my 50th anniversary idea later. Yeah, as it's as it's greatest hits, we could have had the real Rose back, I suppose. I'm just thinking this through now as I'm as I'm saying it. So I think I guess it's more a function of the fact that you're going to have one old companion. Mm. She's the most memorable, but you c- it must be, have been a conscious decision not to use Rose, but to use Billy Piper instead yeah. because Rose is such a tangled web already. And indeed, most of them are, aren't they? Apart from Martha, but you wouldn't have picked her, would you? Mm. You can't have you can't have um, Donna. Yeah, you can't have uh, Amy and Rory you, because all the because yeah. uh, all the companions disappear, leave in yeah. mm. in such extra yes. extreme circumstances. They're all in different universes mm. or whatever. Or so I think, unless unless you pluck someone out of their tri- time stream in the yeah. in the traditional Who manner, but then mm. I don't, I, so I, I can't I can't begrudge Stephen wanting to do something different. Yeah, yeah. No. and not not wanting to retread ground that had been done by. Well, Dave Martin and Sticks before, in that regard. In a sense, it's more like the, the Phantoms from the end of The Five Doctors because it's just a nod to the fact that we want to see these actors yes. again. Mm. And we don't really care 
we're not primarily concerned mm. with narrative logic. We just want to see them mm. and feel that warm glow. Yeah. Or not, if you're Richard. Mm. No, I mean, <laughs> so, just, I, I, just so, so I like Billy Piper's performance in this. I mean, she, she seems to me to be more obviously a woman in this and less of a girl. I mean, you know, mm. the, the, Rose is, Rose mm. is, is, a, is a, a young woman. Whereas this character she's playing is is, is much more mature, I think, and and mm. it's, a, it's 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 an interesting choice. It's an interesting uh, way that she's playing, an interesting character that she's playing. So I, I you know I'm I'm very happy with what Billy Piper's done. I'm, mm. I guess what I'm saying is that that she doesn't really re- remind me in any way of Rose. Mm. I don't know if we know if Moffat's on record is going into too much detail about how he constructed the story, but I'm assuming that he came up with. I don't know, which do you think came first? The uh, concept of the moment as the conscience of the super weapon or the need to find something for Billy Piper to play or do you think they evolved in tandem? Mm. Maybe he doesn't even remember. I was about to say that I thought possibly the the idea of the moment might have come from the necessity to find her something to do. Mm. But I think it's more likely that they, both ideas were floating around in his Brain. I suppose it's more obvious that if if it's Eccleston that she's playing with, that if he's stuck yeah. with the moment, then it would take on the form of Rose because that's a good point. That mm. opens up another can of worms. Oh, mind it? you, it's still it's a very it's still good looking point. forward, though, isn't it? Rather than well, I suppose so. they, I suppose it just have been a memory loss. Well, yes. there is a memory loss line anyway, and yeah, uh, yeah. at the end for for um, the War Doctor. And yeah. I guess I guess just from a purely looking at it from a narrative point of view, you know, it's just from a structural point of view, you need someone to pair off. With John Hurt for yeah, for fairly large chunks of the story, the two doctors are effectively each other's companions for quite long. Yeah, because it's really the way it's structured. I guess Clara has her own plot with the Zygons. She does. Yeah. She's mostly at the heart of the Zygon plot, although she's we- weaving in and out of the the Doctor's plot. Yeah, and then the two doctors are kind of each other's ersatz companions, mm. which is an interesting way of doing it compared to. Yeah, compared to what we've seen in the, the previous ways that anniversary specials have been handled, where they've yeah. kept doctors paired off with companions either from their own, you know, mm. either, either either their own companions or mixed and matched, or or someone or someone as a stand-in, and then you need someone for. And I think I think it's it says a lot for Billy that they they cast her and were able to put her up against John Hurt really, and mm. and have someone who can kind of hold her ground. Yeah. If to return to the theme of just how much you can stuff into your... 80 minutes, uh, who knows how long Moffat was aiming for mm. when he wrote it. But he's clearly trying to keep the numbers down even further than he has to. If you've got three doctors, you could give them one companion each, yeah. but he's chosen not to. He's he's looked at the available slots for taking people from, and he's taken 10 from the period when he's travelling alone, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And obviously Eccleston would have been pre-Rose, which transfers across to the, to yes. the war doctor. Mm. So he's, he's choosing to keep it as simple as possible. Mm. But he's, I like the fact that he's having fun with it. I like the fact that, as you say, they all need to be paired up with somebody. Mm. And he pairs up the Tenth Doctor. He uses the opportunity to resolve some bizarre continuity issues mm. from the Tenth Doctor's era, the Queen Elizabeth stuff. Yes. Yeah. Which is, and, to, and to give Tennant a, a go with the Zygons, because he's obviously been mm. go, mo- going on and on and on about it mm. during his time there. It's interesting that he's still, still able to be playful. But perhaps that was the desperation. Perhaps he... Um, I think when you've got this sort of weight, also when you've got this sort of weight of expectation, this is the fiftieth anniversary. It's got to be two and a half times better than mm. the five doctors. Mm. How do you do that? You can't make it bigger. You just got to make it better. Yes. And, and if you know you can't make it that much bigger, you just relax and say, "Well, let's not even try. Let's think approach this from a different angle." Mm. 
I was going I was going to say Giles. Yes and no to what you said about it being distinctly different from the earlier versions. The interplay between the, the doctors. Mm. It does remind me quite a lot of the three doctors. I mean it's pretty obvious, isn't it, really, that the way they're treated as, as characters. Mm. The latest two, you've got the latest one and his immediate predecessor. Oh, in, in that regard, yes. Ban- bantering and bickering. I was, and yeah. the one before that, mm. ish, <laughs> if you squint, being very paternal. Mm. Yes. So he's taken that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, I was, very I was, tri- I was just It's thinking, probably quite mm. true. It's probably quite true to what the original Three Doctors would have been like if Hartnell had been there in person, mm. actually. Yes, mm. yeah. He'd probably been having a go at bow ties mm. and, and frilly and cravats <laughs> and what have you. Yeah, so it's nice. It's one of those. It's one of those nice things that um, that the War Doctor also gets to be the voice of the grumpy old fan, mm. as it were, to some extent. That, um, mm. Yeah, there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek stuff there. It's a wonder he doesn't have a gag about the windows being mm. the being the wrong size. Oh God! But, um, well, he he manages to fit in just about every other in joke yes. as possible, mm. yeah, um, yeah. which is nice because mm. he does them in quite a clever way. There's almost too many, yeah. but um, but not quite. Have, has anyone else made a list of them? Well, I've uh, wrote down a few. I didn't make a list. Have the War Doctor having a go at the the way they're wielding their sonic mm, screwdrivers, yes. like water pistols or assembling cabinets mm, with them. Mm. <laughs> Calling Tenant Dick Van Dyke. Oh, I love that. I mean, it is a very dodgy <laughs> accent, isn't it? And, and <laughs> so, so it's a nice way of put, of, of uh, ribbing him about. I it. mean, mm. Moff takes. Going on about, I don't know. Matt gets called so Mr. Chin at some point, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's that's not so much an in joke as mm. just pushing the line of how much you can abuse yes. your actors, which um, <laughs> Moff does quite a lot. Yes. Yeah. Going up, his disgust at the timey wimey phrase. Yeah. Mm. You sound like children. Is there going to be a lot of kissing yes. in the future? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all there for us. It's all there for the fans mm. who know. Well, yeah, some of them are for the old time fans yes. mm. addressing our observations. <laughs> about the way the series has changed, and some of them just for any fan. And then, the, then there's, there's, there's the sort of seri- more serious one about never cruel or cowardly. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Hmm. Uh, going back to your talk about, you know, there's not very many companions, and uh, interestingly, he invents a new one. You know, so so not only does he not bring back all that many, he, he, he then plucks Osgood out of nowhere and, 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 and bungs her into this yeah. story. Mm, yes, yeah. And, yeah. and yet, you know, she's a brilliant version of what RTD tried to do with Lee Evans and it didn't work at all really mm. um, this this character I mean wh- whether it's Ingrid Oliver or whether it's Moffat's writing or some fantastic alchemy of the two re- works really well yeah, I mean it, there is comedy relief in there but there's also something a bit more than that yep I wonder why because of my, I've got my fan brain on I'll constantly approach this in the wrong angle I'm thinking well could that have been a as you, as you say, that's a, she's a nurse's companion. Mm. But you can't start putting in other companions because then where do you stop? How do you mm. who do you choose? But then she You've doesn't got... get paired off with. She doesn't really get paired off with the doctors, much as she's a doctor fan girl. Mm. So she yeah, is she, she there really more to represent the her. viewer than? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, she I she has her superpower as well, I suppose, of being able to to do the analysis and come up with, you know, work out. The, the, the Zygons are smashed at the statues. Mm. So it's interesting that here, while he's got so many other things that he needs to do, he achieves, incidentally, I'm going to say effortlessly again, because I like it, mm. I want to be positive, he manages to solidify the new unit mm. setup, mm. which has been floundering. There's been some good stuff, but it hasn't really settled. No. Mm. 
We've had a, quite a lot of stabs at it yes. over the previous um, eight years. Indeed. So he brings, for the f- but very few returning characters, we, we bring forward Kate Stewart and introducing Osgood. Mm. Finally, we've got it. We've cracked it. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting. We go back over to Tower of London for the Christmas invasion. And um, again, yeah, nice callbacks. I think, really, this is like the most Moffaty story you could get because all this stuff is just in his head. It's all up there. And he's able to make these links under pressure. Under pressure, he's because it's all in there, everything he's got available to him. Mm. He might as well be playing with little toys like mm. he, on his desk like he is in the five-ish Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because conceptually, that's what he's doing. Yeah. But it's very disciplined as well, rather than just grabbing the f- first handful of toys you can out of the box blindfold mm. and think, oh, that'll mm. do. Yes, Yes, I think um, just sort of the going back slightly to a slight note of criti- critique or criticism, I think the only thing, and it's not so much directed at, at this as it is at where he, you know, where things were left at the end of season seven, series seven mm. proper, is just the the way that they, the way that they left things at the, na- the end of Name of the Doctor on what appeared to be a cliffhanger, yeah. um, does rather than leave there having to be a a somewhat egregious info dump uh, of stuff about John Hurt's doctor at the start of in the in the National Gallery since uh, yeah, near the start yeah. of this. Right. Of all the things I thought you were gonna say about the lack of continuity between the end of the previous series and this mm. one that wasn't yeah, I, I take your point. I don't think it's a problem for this. No, are you I mean, saying I mean, you'd clear, rather had that done? They couldn't start this with you know. There's no way this this is for a mass you know the biggest audience Doctor is ever going to get possibly, and I can't remember what it got, but it was yeah, it was clearly going to be a blockbuster thing that a lot of people would be tuning in for, and you weren't going to you weren't going to start it by. I'll come back to that mm, because sorry, yeah. in some ways, it's not. It doesn't really stand out to me as a scene that you've had to insert because you've introduced a new Doctor that nobody knows. It doesn't feel that out of place and egregious to me. Mm. I was going to say that the the opening, like the first first act, maybe, isn't structured too differently from the five Doctors. It starts the it's ep- episodic with um, opens with the current Doctor, mm-hmm. and then you get little sketches for some of the other ma- the main characters. Mm. So you get the it's longer than the few minutes that we spend with each of the other doctors in the five in five before they're time scooped. But it's mm-hmm. the same sort of theory. It's just it's yeah, we get introduced to the the war doctor with the, the tone that fits his character and and the story he's going to be telling. Mm. Then a little sketch of the tenth doctor again. The tone changes. It's the complete opposite, but it sets him up nicely. And you can imagine it might have carried on in that way if there had been another X number of doctors to fit in. Mm. Main difference being that the these flashbacks are part of the narrative and we're led through we're not cutting randomly we're led through it mm. from character to character place to place i haven't read the book but i gather it um i gather it does even more in inverted commas clever things with the narrative which not everybody's found necessary because yeah, okay. i think it's clever enough as it is on screen without have, have either of you read the novel i haven't i'm afraid no 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 you make me want mm. to find out what it's like I believe it's reordered, mm. but I, I like the way it's told here. But I do. Is it? This is a good time to move on to what it would have been like if Mr. Eccleston said yes. 
if they hadn't offended him in whatever way they did. Mm. Oh, uh, allegedly. Or if the storyline had done the character of the Ninth Doctor justice, which apparently now says it had didn't. I remember. Eccleston says this, does he? So what did I? So uh, yeah, I think so. That the, oh, that's interesting. I think he said that most recently. Mm. He's starting open, opening up about yeah. things, and he's no. He um, in terms of why he left the program originally, mm. he's he says it was personality clashes mm. and things he didn't agree with. But he doesn't say there's anything like that here. He just says he read the script, considered it, but didn't. I think he said didn't do the character justice. Mm. So yeah, the um. The elephant in the room with this story is whether is exactly what happened with Mr. Eccleston, but I'm not particularly interested in discussing why he chose not to be in it. What I'm more interested in mm-hmm. is <laughs> what the script was like beforehand. Um, yeah. Had I think at the time, did, at the time, did um, did they try and play down the idea that it was originally written for nine? But, uh, yeah, definitely. It's, yes, it's yeah. fully out in the open now, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I remember hearing rumours uh, which among all my amazing Uber fan friends. No, not really. <laughs> among <laughs> among my, the few people I knew who had people who knew people who knew people. Yeah. The rumour from Cardiff was that he'd rewritten this in a panic and put very little effort into it. And it was just mostly, this just uh, shortly before it was broadcast, that it was yeah. mostly just the Ninth Doctor's dialogue with very little alteration. Well. So bearing that in mind, mm. watching it, that's clearly not true. Yeah, I find it? that yeah. very hard Which to believe. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I'm prepared to believe that the the structure of the plot is the same. Mm, yeah. But it has been rewritten. He has reinvented a new character. Of course. I mean, of course it has. I didn't really believe it at the time. I wasn't quite sure why so many people who should know better were seemed to believe. Didn't have any mm. faith in this whatsoever. Just a strange little memory from back in the day. Mm. Yeah. But um, more importantly, I think... The War Doctor is one of the best things about this. Mm. Yes. I like the character. I, I like the idea of him. I mean, yes, you could. We could take him if you can take him out of this story and talk about whether it, it is a good thing to do to the Doctor Who mythos to continuity to muck to muck it up in this way. I know some people are very upset about it. Not just the people who would rather it have been Paul McGann. That's one issue. <laughs> the people. What the, the mucking up the numbering, that's another issue. <laughs> yeah. But you can't take him out of this story because this story is about him. And mm. that's one of the things that confuses me because it seems the the thematically it's all about the War Doctor. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it runs through it like a stick of Blackpool Rock. Yes, yeah. Or Bryson Rock. Mm. One or the other. <laughs> either. And watching it again earlier, I just could not imagine... It, it would have had anywhere near the same weight if it had been the Ninth Doctor, and in many ways, it wouldn't have worked. If you take all the all the points, all the th- thematic elements that are specific to the War Doctor, the dialogue, the characterization, you're not left with very much. Mm. And there's no particular. It feels, you know, it's when you start looking into it that this becomes obvious. On paper, you can think, well, of course, yes. The, the, before you invented Hurt, you would have had the Ninth Doctor as the one who ended the Time War, as we all thought it was, as he said it was. Mm. But all the th- stuff about the other Doctors trying to forget him, 
not acknowledging him as the doctor. That's the best stuff. That's the stuff that has most of an, the most impact, mm-hmm. and you'd lose mm-hmm. all of that. I don't doubt there was a version w- that without missing, but I think that's one of the mo- best examples mm-hmm. of some. What did you say earlier? You came, you came up with a snappy new phrase for it, Richard. I instantly forgot it again. <laughs> <laughs> You've been writing an extremist kind of yes, like invention necessity being the mother of necessity being the mother of all invention. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. Where did you get that from, Rich? <laughs> <laughs> Frank Zappa. Um. <laughs> Anyone agree with me? Uh, Vehemently disagree? No, I I absolutely agree, uh, Richard. Yeah, I, I I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because if you know, looking back on on the previous anniversaries, if if the five doctors were wiped, I mean, it would be a big, great shame because it's a fun story, but it wouldn't actually change anything. I mean, it, you wouldn't miss it <laughs> because it, it, you know it, it's just there to be the anniversary special. If the te- if the um, uh, the three doctors were wiped, then it wouldn't make much sense of you know Omega and the beginnings of the Time Lord race which is referred to a lot thereafter and this is kind of in that mold it's it's creating a whole bunch of new continuity new plot which is built on later on or or, or maybe built on later on so so yeah it has an important place in the Doctor Who history as a result I think yes I mean specifically the the things it does right at the end that lead carry forward like I think we discussed the other week the fact three doctors the doctor gets his time travel back five doctors yeah. um the less successful you gang on the run from your own people yes yeah, five doctors really yeah. it's but, its but here i mean it's, mm. it sets up this the story about the gallifrey still being there but where mm. which and we'll, which yeah. is followed with to uh greater or lesser success <laughs> the next three <laughs> <Yeah>. years <laughs> yes maybe we should just uh, leave it at that well look i mean it's set up really nicely they, they could have done something oh the setup's the great yeah they, yeah. The fact they didn't is is more the fault of the rest of the uh, series than this particular story. Mm, yeah, again, you look at this story on its own merits, um, and I, th- I think the other thing that um, we shouldn't underestimate. It's interesting. I was I was thinking about the fact that again we have um, uh, we have a Lethbridge Stewart in in the absence of Nick. We have um, we have hmm. um, we have Kate Stewart. Yeah. Um, in there, in the anniversary story, which is um, which is not, which is a nice touch. But then I was thinking actually, and I know in the last one I I waxed lyrical hour about how I think Nick is the absolute heart and soul of arguably arguably both both of the other stories, but certainly of the five doctors is the he's the best thing in it, and his pairing with Sharon mm. is is glorious. And I actually, you know, I think. I think hurt for all that he's meant to be the, you know, this doctor, you know, and that they, he gets to, you know, Moffat gets to have his cake and, and eat it to some extent because of the fact he that does. the, because of the fact that by necessity, this is the doctor who hasn't actually pressed the button yet. Yeah. And, and that's commented, yes. that's commented on, you know, it's, it's, he, you know, they hang a lampshade on it at a couple of points. So he's not the sort of, He's not actually as racked with guilt as as the other two yes. are by what happens. And so he in some ways he gets to play it lighter despite being the yep. doctor who's bound up in the war. And he's I think he's very much the you know, again he's the the heart and soul of you know, he gets to be the he gets to be the Nick Courtney of this of this one, hmm. really. 
Um, and yes, I, I mean, I it is. I cannot imagine Eccleston quite having, you know, much as I'm sure he would have done something very interesting well, with it. I think it would have been a lot heavier. I think he'd have. Can't imagine I, him carrying it off with quite the same lightness. I think he'd have overplayed the heaviness and gurned his way through the uh, comedy, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Uh, but anyway, to <laughs> yes, he, he does have his cake and eat it, doesn't he? Because this war doctor who is set up, his path is set up in such a doom-laden way in in uh, the six-minute McGann mm. McGann episode, yeah. and he's been through hundreds of years of nev- interminable war. He's seen untold death and destruction. It's worn him down. You can see it etched in his face. But he hasn't lost his sense of humour. Mm. He gets it back <laughs> immediately, mm. which is which is cheating. But um, but thank God for that. Mm. Can you? You don't really want a completely doom-laden, introspective doctor no. dragging down your anniversary story. Mm. I mean, you believe he's capable of pressing the button. I think that's the important part. Yes. So I think from that point of view, he gets the characterization right, mm. which means that when when they pull back from it later on, it is more of a surprise. It's not it's not like it would, you know, Davison, and you'd think, well, you know, surely he never would press the button in the first place. Mm. And he, he paints the difference between the three of these with fairly deft strokes as um, Tennant is still angsty, still hasn't got over this, but and he's shocked to see that um, the Eleventh Doctor has. So he yeah. thinks, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it doesn't labour the points, but it's in there for people who, for new series fans, who enjoy actually what the trees and doctors like. He's a character. Mm. Can you imagine mm. <laughs> an evolving character? Who would have thought? Mm. Well, it's tricky. I mean, with Tennant, they give him. They certainly Moffat falls back on a couple of his greatest hits, as it were. You know, there's bits of. There's certainly bits of. Uh, oh yeah, I remember when he had a machine that went ding when there was stuff, as it were. <laughs> Yeah, which has been yeah, which has been done in Plinkham. What was the other one? That was the oh, and he does the when he does the speech to the rabbit. When he does the very yeah. the very um the very RTD sort of <laughs> under Doctor and nine hundred yeah. years old and yes, you're a rabbit. Um, Portentous, yeah. Mm, um, Portentous. But which is fair enough because you're playing to playing to what people's memories of the memories of the character are as well. But yeah, that's a good point about his um about the fact that he's. His interplay with the eleventh in that regard is quite well well done. Uh, one thing that's slightly grated with me that um, feel free to pull me up on this, but there is a moment when Clara says something something to the War Doctor, like oh you know that he doesn't stop, you know that the Doctor is always talking about the day he pressed the button or the you know the oh yeah what he did, and I was thinking yeah. well, was he really yeah. Well, and maybe not to her, but um, mm. he had been on and off over the the audience. I well, yes, yeah, yeah. believe, we'll believe that because we—that's how we feel. Yes, yeah. Oh God, yes, doesn't he? Mm. You know? <laughs> but again, that's slightly—that slightly is contrary to to the suggestion that there's a that tenth has issue. You know, tenth has a yes, true. A contrast of you know, tenth is the one that's angsty about it, and eleventh is the one that's trying to move on with his life. A bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit. Very, it's a bit like the Starsky and Hutch thing, where you know they they allude to something happening off screen that you never actually see on screen, and uh, you know that some character suddenly appears who they claim has been you know their best buddy for the last ten years, mm. and you've never seen him in the series. But yes. you just say you just have to accept the conceit of it, I suppose. Mm. 
I've ticked off most of my important points, even if I'm afraid to say. This would give you to sound disappointed. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you were just warming up to them. No, no, I mean, it's, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's all been good, mm. and we don't have to go uh, on for it. Hang for on, I thought, so, I thought well. something earlier. Okay, there's one more thing we should talk about. I haven't got any notes mm. about it. Can I give us a Do. dodgy segue? So we've, I mean, we discussed the fact that it has is a very important, weighty cornerstone in the Doctor Who mythos, but it's also, uh, as we've alluded to before, a nice, ex- relatively accessible piece of television for your mass audience and yeah. I think one of the things that exemplifies that is that it isn't all about it isn't 80 minutes of pure Time Lord Dalek mm. um, Gallifrey, Timey Wimey angst, it's got a fun thing with Queen Elizabeth and the Zygons in it yeah. it's really like two stories playing at the same time mm, yes, although it's a slightly funnier and they do zigzags back and forth between the two and you could almost if you view it very superficially think that they aren't connected mm. and that mm. it's cheating but but then when you if you pay a bit more attention you realize that they're connected thematically oh, abs- that absolutely That's what was at the so crux what the end of act two moment mm. or whatever where uh kate is about to make the same decision in <laughs> on her own scale as as the war doctor did mm. which is which is a clever way to bring the two together in case you're wondering mm. Mm. yes i agree it's nicely Nicely done, the mirroring thing there. But you could strip the you could strip the two away. You could sort of re-edit them into two forty-minute stories where the the Zygon plot is fully dealt with mm. on Earth, and um, mm. the Time Lord story on its own would make slightly less mm. sense. But you could you could sort of do it. So I think that's a very very mm. neat trick indeed. But obviously, the resolution of the of the Zygon threat and um, you know that acts as the catalyst for. It does for the resolution yeah. of the of the of the Time Lords story as well. So it's as you say that end act two thing. It's very much it is a, again. It's a um, as we said with the five doctors that you know it this does its own thing because he because Moffat was sitting down to write a write a feature length special, mm. so he can do do things structurally. He can go for a more you know go for a different kind of structure from. Mm. From what you'd normally have in the episode, you know, in a, and again, it in the for all the, I think I've already explained how much I like three and five doctors, but this is a better piece of work on most almost every level, and it's it does have its cake and eat it, doesn't it? It manages to be a very good example of a, an ordinary Doctor Who story, while also being stuffed to the gunnels with mm. with weighty fan service. Yeah. Mm. And being something you, as you said, you can't take out of the Doctor Who continuity. It's absolutely vital. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's it, it's a bit like I mean it, it's sort of what you what you want out of your Christmas special telly. It's 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 both a nod to the season, but it's also the best example of its type, and it's weighty on its own account too. I mean, you don't often get all those three things coming together, mm. but. In this case, it does. Yeah, I suppose some of Russell's stories do the same. But, um, as you might expect, it's just cleverer here. I mean, the most obvious comparison, I suppose, is The End of Time, which also balances a, a slightly small-scale Earthbound story with a, mm. a universe-shattering Gallifrey story. Mm. But... It doesn't work as well, though. I didn't want to be the one to say that, but <laughs> it's, not as, it's not as good as this. 
I haven't watched it for years, so I'm, I'm actually I'm quite intrigued to to, mm. um, to go back and watch it again. Now I kind of feel like it. Feel like I fancy fancy watching that. Uh, well, yeah. if we can Just find something to link it with, absolutely yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's there's your the task, Giles. Find, yes, find, yeah. Find find a, find a reason for us to mm. want to watch it. The Zygons aren't shiny enough. There you go. <laughs> I've been trying to think of something negative to say about oh, there it. There we go. Yes. So, so I mean, I, I was just going to say very briefly about the Zygons that I mean, although I am relatively partial to the Zygon two-parter that comes up later in the se- mm. in, in the series, uh, it does feel as if everything important that happens in that story is dealt with here, but kind of you know without all the fuss mm-hmm. and quite quickly. Yes. Well, yeah, but yeah. maybe I mean that's yeah. That could be just a side effect of Moffat doing his usual thing of throwing so many ideas mm. in. I think he does do he does do justice to the the whole concept of the two sides having to find some common be mm. forced to find some common ground. Yeah, but it goes so quickly that I can understand why he might want to revisit, it, and that's what he uh, always does, doesn't he? Mm. He's always mm. well, I think taking yeah sketching out an idea. Mm. In a way that most of us would be delighted with, and then thinking, "No, there's mm. more to this," and going back and re- redoing it mm. f- more fully. I like the Zygon um, invasion and inversion story as well, and I think that's um, that works very well. Because, you know, but then that's got a that's got a very different remit because although this this is there to you know, there's a the Zygon story is something of a homily, whereas the yeah. um, in this in this instance, and it's there to it's there to propel. The sort of resolution of the Time Lord story, I think, really. Mm. Whereas the you know the, the two parter stands on its own grounds and is is something about you know is something that is about you know fundamentalism and um, and immig- you know sure. immigrants and stuff like that. Really, you know, it seems to be the yeah. Yes, they've seen a way to a, there's more mileage in this mm. situation coming at it from a slightly different angle. Yes, although it mm. does very much, you know, and again, it, it more or less revisits the moment MacGuffin as well in its way with the two mm. with the two boxes, two Clara's resolution, as I remember. But um, anything else mildly negative? I mean, the, the bit where we actually get our thirteen doctors it doesn't make a whole heap of sense, mm. but um, yeah, I, 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 I try not to think too closely about the logistics of how. Mm. <laughs> How you go back in time, get these people involved in current plan without them remembering it, mm. or without it affecting? Yeah, just don't. I, there's no to be honest, going it there. feels it feels it looks pointless. Good. It feels pointless to me for the for the reason that you know why is it why is it thirteen and not fourteen or fifteen or mm. twenty seven yeah. or whatever? Well, would you be happy if it stopped at eleven, as it were? Sorry, I mean if it stopped at the current Doctor, with well, without that being explained, but suggesting they can't go into the future is it only the arbitrary nature of how many there are beyond Matt Smith that bothers you uh, I think it, I, th- I think to be honest it would have made more sense if it was just the three of them that had been in the story yeah mm. yeah, uh, but, yeah but also the fact they project it forward to Capaldi but then don't include any others I mean obviously they don't know that there's any others to come mm. but nonetheless it just it, from a story point of view it doesn't make much sense oh well mm. I don't think it's one it doesn't give me the feeling of something that he was building up to. I think it's feeling like a bit of an afterthought. Or yeah, hang on, I could th- maybe I could use this to yeah. get the rest in there. Mm. I, it, it's it's like a bit of and the that, five doctors tacked into the day of the doctor, isn't mm. 
Yeah, it's funny because he does do the thing. It's um, it revisits the thing from earlier with the um, that they have the which doesn't end up going anywhere with regards to the sonic screwdriver having been programmed and <laughs> and oh, yes, yeah, I, and worked. I was being, I could have brought that up earlier under negatives. Mm, yeah, and having been working on this for four hundred years, um, my my problem with that is that that's they spend quite a lot of time building up to that, and mm. it's played completely straight. Like it's it's a character moment for the three of them to work out what they have in common mm. and work mm. together, stop they can work together, and to undermine it with the door not being locked is funny, but I never never makes me laugh because it's just undercuts. Mm. Yeah, I just think it's a joke too far, mm. and it, mm. that moment would have been better if they'd actually achieved something. But anyway, yes, but it, it seems to me that that's the same. You have the same thing, but they don't they don't explore where or how. Or why it's been done? It would have been better. If it was uh, maybe that is that mm. there to set this up? Is that explicit or is that I just? Don't think I don't think it's. I, from, now you got me wondering, but I don't think it's explicit. I'll take. We'll to, are, happily take. Happily take reader corrections if it is. If if Moffat does hang a lampshade on the fact they're doing the same thing, but it strikes me as you could embed something in the TARDIS programming hmm. that it had been working on since it was stolen from Gallifrey. Yeah, it wouldn't. Have, it wouldn't take much to. To make that explicit, mm, and then bring it online. Then, but I don't think it does. I could, I might have blinked and missed it because you know the rate at which. One other minor um, niggle that struck me watching it. There's an awful lot of secret rooms and secret galleries in this. In this, you've got the under gallery, you've got the yeah. you've got the black archive, yeah, and you've got at least a passing mention of the weapons store. I can't remember what they call it on Gallifrey. That the, yeah. the doctor's still in the moment from. It's a bit yeah. like. <laughs> Is that a bit of thematic consistency? Or? I'm not sure. It's, hmm. Hmm. So, there is one more important thing. Mm-hmm. We do get an extra doctor, of course. Yeah. Having had the discipline not to put Mr. Yeah. McGann in here because it doesn't fit his character and so on and so forth, and mm-hmm. none of the others because mm-hmm. they don't look right, <laughs> he throws that, all that out the window when Tom Baker agrees to appear. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a scene which you could, to be fair, cut out. Yes. But you wouldn't want to. Mm. Because it's lovely. Anyone else got anything more incisive to say than lovely? Um, well, he's there, to, he's there to deliver a little moment of realisation for for Matt's doctor. But as you say, that could have easily been written into it. You know, that could have easily been reached in some other way, I guess, as well. Hmm. It's nice, I think, because it's it's right at the extreme end of when you could have invited Tom back. I mean, I think if they try to do it now, he's too elderly to to pull it off. But just at that moment, you know, he he, he was able to do it, and and it, it was it was a a great end to that story. It was a yeah, it was a kind of another five doctorish sort of a touch. I mean, it it. It doesn't make a huge amount of sense in its own right, but but then we will be prepared to wave that away, I guess. Uh, you know, is, is 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 he the past? Is he the future? Is he just someone who looks like him? It's potentially another big idea, mm. but in this, but whereas the the war doctor is carefully thought through, crowbarred in, and then polished off so that it's watertight. The idea of the, this new extra doctor we hadn't seen, mm. whereas here it's left purposely vague mm. who he is whether there could be more of these which and it's nice to have some mystery mm. in Doctor Who again yes it'd be nice if Matt didn't remember I, I can't I don't think the 
I'm trying to remember because it, it goes straight from this to the to the sort of dream voiceover thing, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just thinking because it would be kind of nice if, given the um, the rules of doctors meeting each other, so much as we understand them, it would be nice if 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 we saw the meeting, but then Matt didn't. If the eleventh doctor didn't mm. remember it. Like it, you know, his, it faded from his memory. And who knows? It may do, but may, it's, maybe it's, it's, maybe it's all covered in the book. <laughs> It's a shame that Moffat didn't give um, Tom the line it was the end but the moment had been prepared for (laughs) but anyway maybe not Hmm. I think you're doing a great job of pretending you hadn't heard that Paul (laughs) 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 you caught me out I like the um, going back a bit earlier the the um, coat name Chroma thing. I was going to say there's a couple of other lovely little yes, that one, that one's nice and then it followed up immediately with the unit dating gag, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the space time telegraph is also in there. Which is oh nice. yes, that's thrown in. Do you know it? what I did, I hadn't even noticed that mm. until watching it tonight. So. I don't know. They went by so fast. Yes, and of course it's a Zygon throwback, isn't it as well? Mm. Nice oh yeah. <laughs> and then of course we've got a we've got a whole wall full of photoshopped made up encounters yeah. uh, between companions and I love the randomness of the fact that the only one we see with any clarity next to the original Katardis team which is what the camera is focusing on is is Mike Yates and Sarah Kingdom mm. which is possibly the most random <laughs> pairing you could get Absolutely. and who knows what else there is on the rest of that board but some some mm. accident of well, the prop department I, I just positioned that one. Yeah, I guess. Uh, unless it's Mike Yates and that woman out of um, upstairs, downstairs. Mm. Oh, yes, no, you just reminded me of the gag that uh, Moffat wanted to put in, but couldn't. Was it you couldn't get the rights? What was <laughs> He's that? going to have po- posters to the 60s Dalek films ah. and, oh, yes. and suggest that they were fictionalised versions in this universe of what people had heard of the Doctor's real adventures uh, okay. or something I've just sucked all the mm. fun out of it with that mm. description <laughs> but anyway it would uh, well it's time for that the, might have been peak Moffat mm, it's time for the obligatory gag about the Mike Yates Sarah Kingdom storyline is surely out there for a big finish to um, be figuring out a solution to if they haven't done so already I don't know why they haven't leapt on that mm. Mm. well since they seem to have mm. managed to um, spin a separate existence for Sarah Kingdom out of out of somewhere <laughs> haven't they have you heard any of them? Don't knock it till you've heard. No, I, I have tried it. I, I wouldn't, um, but um, oh, some of their best, some of their best stuff. Yeah, I'm just um, constantly amazed at their and slightly befuddled at their ingenuity and spotting these tiny continuity gaps. Whenever you think, oh yeah, wait. No. But, and the other thing that I was I was going to say is nice, and it's more of a thematic callback than a than a direct continuity reference. But I thought, okay, that's yeah, I spotted. Of course, we have a callback to Rose in terms of the um. The Zygons having lost their um, planet in the first days of the ah, time war, yep. with regards to you know, so, mm. so they've suffered the same fate as the Autons, um, the Nestines. Um, yes, and I guess that also explains their. Pos- hang on, it, I was going to say that links back to the uh, terror of the Zygons, but does it? Or are they still in contact with their home world in that story? But they're refugees, aren't they? They're, refu- rather, than they're in, refugees. rather than invaders. Yes. That's kind of mm. built into their DNA from the beginning. Mm. Hmm. Clever. Well, time war. It's, so, re- it's one retcon after another, isn't it? Mm. Yes, yeah, so time war. So I think we can we can assume that anything that happened to them, the fact they were on the run from or like f- trying to relocate from their planet in the sixteen 
in the late 16th century can we put down to the time war yes but they're still not shiny enough mm. yeah and queen elizabeth is able to get rid of a zygon apparently yes apparently so yeah. take care of herself that girl girl power mm. bit like um oh no it's the other way around i was going to say harry with the pitchfork but he's the he is the zygon in that case but it still ends up tumbling off mm. are we petering out Kind of. I think we might be. Yes. How can we give this? How can we end with a bang? Well, feels like we ought to. Well, I mean, I, go on. No, I was just going go to say, on. do we have anything further to say about how oh. anniversary specials have changed down the? Oh yeah, maybe down the years. Do you want to, do you want to cue us up for that, Richard? Although we might <laughs> not have. We, but <laughs> well, I tell you, I mean, I'll, so I'll read you out the couple of sentences that I wrote after watching. The day of the doctor, and then we'll see where where that leads. If we've got yep. if, um, something, else. so I uh, I wrote very witty, very bold, very imaginative, utterly brilliant, mm. the pinnacle of new who. I said I know, that's, that's, that's possibly Ooh, that's a little bit too. harsh on 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 the other writers, but it, it kind of that's how I felt the moment I stopped watching it. Yeah, mm. you could well be right. It's a delight. I wouldn't. Say, yes, I I thoroughly enjoy it, but I, I enjoy it more as being a, being, a, being a, an unabashed RTD fanboy. I, I rather am. Ah. I'd rather take it as being like Moffat at his best because he's channeling his somewhat more populist instincts and reining back <laughs> on it and some other things. I wouldn't quite put it up there with some of some of Russell's it's, best, but I think it's perfect. The perfect fusion of the two. That's mm. whether that be deliberate or. Mm. Or b- because necessity is the mother of invention, apparently. <laughs> so I've heard. And in terms of how it uh, compares and contrasts... Ah, uh, yes, well, that's the with, ...with other anniversary stories, I think it cherry-picks a few of the things that worked nicely in, th- in the previous anniversary stories and mm. adds quite a lot of new ideas of its own. Mm. Who knows? It's certainly not going to be a template for any future anniversary stories. Certain things may be cherry-picked from here yet again. But I think what it does is set is tells us that you, an anniversary story doesn't have to be about trying to get together as many, mm. all of the uh, former dogs and companions mm, yeah. and monsters, or indeed as many as possible. It can be about picking a representative sample uh, and and the characters that tell the story you want to tell, mm. or vice versa. Mm. Yes, in fact, we've we've just said that the the, the one of the less effective parts is where when he tries to do that right at the very end. Yeah. Yes, that's probably that's probably going to be the last time we see that. If only because the numbers are getting will get too big. Thirteen. I can't. I don't know. I mean, that's maybe too fanciful. But it's it, they, the twelve of them look quite nice arranged there. But once somehow, once you start getting beyond that, yeah, it's going to look, look cluttered, even on a widescreen TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gallifrey, obviously. You know, you've got to have Gallifrey in an anniversary special. Yes, that's true. Seems to be. Yeah, we're waiting for someone to break the mold on that score. Mm. And a, and a Lethbridge Stewart. Um, <laughs> thus far, uh, the bicker, the the bickering amongst doctors thing becomes yeah. you know it's it's it is amped up every every time we have one of these multi doctor th- story kind of things. It tends to be brought up another another level. I think. Yeah. I um, feel like the five doctors played off the success of the. Success, you know, the success of the interplay between Tratton and Pertwee and the Three Doctors, even though it doesn't have them together for very mm. long, and um, but we know they love to 
play up to that for the fans anyway. And it's, um, it's a touch manufactured, isn't it? Here in in the, the you know we yeah because they're not with, really with, that with, different, are they? With mm-hmm. two and three, that I mean, you know, clearly they got on together, and, and um, you know John and Pat what did did promotional work together. I mean, they didn't hate each other, mm. but they but they rubbed each other up from time to time. It's not really clear that, te- um, that Tennant and Smith would have done the same thing. No, and yeah, yes, it's true. You get the impression that yeah, they're they're two professional actors who are you know, and, and as you say, it's the characters aren't. Aren't so much more different. Hmm. No, they're not. Hmm. Which is perhaps why the um, hurt Doctor thinks they might both be <laughs> the current Doctor's companions. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, and the other thing this story tells us is that every anniversary tale must include the line "You've redecorated, haven't you?" Yes, hmm. yes, of course. Which, so, meet back here in um, in four years' time and see if the 60th anniversary story <laughs> continues that trend. Hmm. Hmm. Been interesting, yes. Well, I think you've cracked it there, Paul. I mean, that's obviously the um, the, the way in which we ought to end this episode. Brilliant. Okay, there you go. That killer last line. <laughs> 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 Sorry, it's getting quite late. I'm, it is. I'm. St- I'm. I stopped sparkling quite some time ago. I think mm. Thursday. Okay. Well, look, thanks. Thanks, both of you. Thanks to the listeners for staying with us. That's um, that's drawing our anniversary special to an end after after these two episodes. So, and it's drawing the the year to the to a close for our regular episodes. So, yeah, thanks for 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 being with us, and we'll join you again in the new year. I think we'll 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 be bringing some of the Thirteenth Doctor in the new series to you, but not quite in the way we did with Thirteen Cast. We 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 talked among ourselves. We didn't want to to bring the entire series to you but we'll we'll try mixing it in with some some previous stories in in classic something who fashion are we going to call it something 13 no <laughs> good <laughs> oh, well. hmm. bye okay i enjoyed that bye bye very good Fabulous. Right, well, in, are, are we ready to start Yes. recording the thingy? I'll just it? channel my inner, whatever her name is, Kate Stewart. Right. Mm. I'm not going to try and channel my inner Ingrid Oliver. I've got to... <laughs> Apart from getting quite testy about Brexit. <laughs> mm. Here goes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome <laughs> to the second... <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I just chose that moment to cough. <laughs> Uh, Very noisily. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. It's okay. I can, I can cut out any, any of that. Ah. Giles? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I thought. My, I assumed no, my, you had an anecdote there, Paul. Uh, yeah, my anecdote is so lame. I was just weighing up just what level of interest I could get out, squeeze out of it. And it's so lame that um, I can't possibly go first. Uh, it's. Probably so, better than I think I can. Yeah, it's one of those things I can. I can remember exactly where it was when I heard the news. I was listening to the news. Um,
I think maybe um, we need to burble for a minute because Richard seems to have dropped out. He does. Mm. I'll pause there. Yes. And we could just talk among ourselves. <laughs> we could do. Because <laughs> we weren't giving him much space anyway. Mm. 